I'm Kay Firth-Butterfield at the World Economic Forum. And I'm Miriam Vogel with Equal AI. And this is In AI We Trust. Kay, I'm so excited for today's episode where we get to catch up on all that you've been up to over the past month and the holidays, hear about what's upcoming for you, which I know is a lot now that Davos is right around the corner. And take a moment to look back at all the interesting, thoughtful, thought-provoking conversations we've had together over the past year. So let's dive in. Starting with your December, catch us up on what you've been up to. Well, thank you very much, uh, Miriam, and Happy New Year to you and all of our listeners. I think maybe we should start with December simply because I had the honor of being the MC of the Women in AI event in New York. It was the flagship first conference for them. And um, that was just such an enjoyable experience to see all the really fabulous women who are doing amazing work in AI coming forward and, and coming together. So that was the highlight of my December we didn't have festivities, particularly over the holiday. We actually had those festivities early because, as everybody who listens to this knows, my daughter's a military pilot, so she was flying her C5 Galaxy over the actual period that the rest of us were celebrating various things. So that brings me to what lies just eight working days away for me. And that, of course, is the convening of the World Economic Forum at Davos. And the sessions that we as the AI team for the World Economic Forum are responsible for range from generative AI to responsible um, AI and through to climate and how we can use AI to solve some of our climate adaptation needs. And the announcement, which I'll talk about more when we meet after Davos, of our algorithmic tool to help prevent wildfires starting. And so uh, lots of very exciting things that we're going to be doing there. And of course, you know, the other thing that's fabulous about Davos is just the meetings that you have, um, be they planned or be they serendipitous. So like the one where you and I met back in 2019 at a lunch. It was such a special experience. I think everyone going is so fortunate and I know they will get so much out of it and I know they'll be exhausted after because there's just no time to sleep. There is too much to do there. There is too many conversations to have and too much impact to plan for. So best of luck to you. We'll look forward to hearing all about it on the other end of this. And we know it'll be a really exciting time for sure. December was a bit of a whirlwind, probably for everyone listening, for me as well. I was very excited to engage again. I was asked to speak at the NACD conference, the National Association of Corporate Directors, as we both talk about often 
corporate directors have such a key role to play in responsible AI governance. And so I feel very privileged to be able to talk with them, work with them, and be at these conferences where we can not only share our thoughts, but then have dialogue before and after the talks and answer questions and, and hear how they're grappling with these issues and help try and find solutions. So that was a really fun way to end out the work stream. And then uh, my family and I spent some time in Costa Rica, which was really good for the soul. Pura Vida is real. You know, it, we were in one of the blue zones and it really is impactful to be in a place where health is a part of your life and community and family is such a high priority. And you can see how it plays out in their long-term health their wellness at all ages, and to be in a country that is so committed to conservation and long-term investment, spending time in the rainforest and in clean waters and, and really a re-energizing experience and so much to learn from there. And now we'll take that into 2023, which I confess, I'm really excited about this year. I know coming to you from DC, there's no shortage of, of, of ways to be less optimistic about the coming year with all the infighting and, and challenges. And in AI, there certainly will be a lot of challenges as well. But I, I see a lot of opportunity this year. And I know for Equal AI, we've been having a, a great time really digging in with our members and going from the understanding of best practices to the implementation and the operational and spending more time helping them do the work that, that, that they have signed up for. Uh, we've been hearing from a lot of new members who want to work with us. And so that is also extremely exciting, growing our family and our community and finding ways to support in addition to working with their lawyers, with the CLE, with executive sessions, with their C-suite, and, and really finding the unique ways that we can try and help to support the important work they're doing. So very excited about that. Very excited about the work of NIAC. We'll have an in-person meeting coming up next month. So there's a lot of work to do to prepare for that. Continuing our work with different organizations. You know, we were blessed to be asked to speak with the ABA last year, with the political conference, the Atlantic Festival. So hopefully we'll have a lot more opportunities. And we already have a bunch scheduled for January and coming up to talk with audiences that care about this and talk with new audiences to spread the word on the work that you and I are so passionate about. So I start this year off very grateful and very excited about what's coming up. Wonderful. Absolutely. And we're excited about what, what lies ahead, but also the things that we did with these people who joined us for their podcast are also so exciting to be able to review and I have to say that just looking back on this year, we have really talked to some amazing leaders in the space of responsible AI. And I think, you know, that we, we've seen some common themes coming out. And I think it will be interesting to talk about, you know, what did we hear in 2022 and what might what might those conversations look like as we move into the next year? 
Yeah, it's really exciting to think about the forecasting that I think some of our speakers really shared that, you know, some of the news that were surprises for people across the world were less so for us and people and our listeners based on the conversations we've been having over the past year that have helped us realize what is coming, both in terms of innovation, as well as potential risks and regulation. You know, it's really interesting when we look back at the broad cross-section of who we spoke with. You know, I think you were so thoughtful in making sure we had a global reach. We spoke with senior executives doing this work. We spoke with policymakers that are in the trenches and, and trying to find those guardrails that we're always talking about. We had academics. We really had a, a broad cross-section of, of thought leaders. I know we have plans to do much more of that in the coming year, but as you say, I think it's really helpful to take a look back and think about some of these conversations, some of the trends. I'm curious what you saw in our conversations that were trends that you expect to see more of in the coming year. Well, I think that the first thing is probably, you know, everybody that we spoke to had very advanced ways of thinking about artificial intelligence, responsible AI in their companies. You know, everybody from Verizon through to PwC and Deloitte and Telefonica in Europe and Jen Janai, who of course teaches as well on the badge program for Google and Carl Han, you know, he was so interesting because his perspective is different. It's they're a, they're a tech company, but they are a tech company producing military grade weapons. And if ever we need very thoughtful production or use of responsible AI, it's probably in that area, especially as we have seen just in this last month, you know, San Francisco deciding to offer its police force lethal autonomous weapons, even with the human in the loop, and then very quickly reversing that decision. So I do think that we'll see many more of those conundrums facing us in 2023, as particularly cities start to grapple with those, those questions. And I think also with 2023, a lot of the things that we learned from these amazing people are going to have to come into our practice, whether we want it or not, whether our C-suite recognizes it or not. You know, we, we are, we've got the Digital Services Act. We will have the EU AI Act. We're seeing much more litigation happening. And so we really need to think about grappling with the actual deployment of responsible AI. And what we see in this cast list is a group of people who have led the way and from whom we can literally take notes about best practices in how to deploy responsible AI. Yeah, you know, for years we've been talking about the fact that responsible AI governance gives you a competitive business advantage. And I think, you know, we've really had to articulate that and be creative and help people understand why we mean it when we say that. I think this is the year when that becomes very evident. The companies that have taken this work, and it is not easy work, and it doesn't happen overnight. As we know, there are so many important variables, and it has to happen across enterprise, and it has to happen with C-suite buy-in. And it has to have a, a thoughtful, sustainable process. And if those companies 
that have put the time and thought and commitment to making this happen will have a competitive advantage. They will have less litigation. As you said, we were expecting it for the past few years. People are finally figuring out the laws on the books that will get them a huge settlement or or litigation finding that there have been risks and that there will be large damages paid out. And as you say, we have big laws that are on the books in addition to those that are coming down the road. And the end of that road where the regulations are starting, the new regulations, the AI-specific regulations, many of them will see come to fruition this year. So, you know, not a regulation, but the AI risk management framework is coming out this month. You know, that's going to set a new standard across the U.S. for sure, and perhaps internationally as to what are basic expectations that a company should do if they are committed to treating their customers with dignity, to offering a responsible approach, and they are doing that through their AI. I mean, I think that's one thing that is a constant theme and that will become much more evident this year that responsible AI is not limited to AI. It's limited in no way to any of your operations. It cuts across, you're using AI in all of your operations and how you adopt it, how you approach it, how you incorporate it, it speaks to your values, even if you don't know it. (laughs) That's the interesting thing with AI. You are speaking your truth and you are having impact on so many people, whether or not you're looking at the impact you're having. And so both in the consumer savvy, that's increasing and people are going to start to ask more questions, but lawmakers will as well. And, And so whether it's developments in the US, the EU, or across the globe that we're seeing and that we've talked about this year, a lot of them will be a wake-up call for companies who have not prepared themselves that will find themselves in a a bad position because they have not done the work um, and they've not gotten that started. But I think it's also so interesting, as you say, the broad cross-section of companies we've spoken to, I think the way that people are using AI in such pivotal functions was not as apparent even a year or two ago. You know, we've talked to Pepsi, Telefonica, Appen, LinkedIn, and Stanley Black & Decker, so many companies who you might not have realized that they are using AI in such pivotal ways that they know they need to get ahead of this and, and do so in a responsible, high-level, C-suite, bought-in way. You know, we also, as you mentioned, we're so fortunate to hear from Jen Janai and from others at Microsoft. Those are the known, you know, leaders in AI and to hear what they're doing is so helpful. That sets the standard as to what tools they make available for others and really how they are preparing themselves knowing that they are the deepest in with both AI and responsible AI expectations. So, you know, probably less of a surprise that that they are um, engaged in this work, but so helpful to hear their insights. But hearing how many other companies are also deep in responsible AI use and planning, I think has been a memorable piece of our conversations over the past year for me. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think, you know, we probably can't go into 2023 without a mention of GPT-3, chat, (laughs) GPT, and Gatto from DeepMind and, and all of the others. And I'm just remembering that Marco from Salesforce actually talked about that right back in, I think, probably January or February of 2022. 
And and now, obviously, so much more conversation around those large language models and how on earth are we going to deal with the responsible AI issues that flow from that. But I was going to ask you, Miriam, you know, everything that we did and, and all that we heard was impactful. But was there one or two quotes that you can remember from people that we interviewed that really stuck with you? Such a hard question because there are so many quotes in each of the interviews that I thought were so poignant. You know, I think that we heard deep insights from Dr. Mitchell, where she really thought about ethical AI, responsible AI, and connected what is happening with AI to humanity and morality. You know, her wake-up call, she mentioned, for understanding, caring about trustworthy AI is when she was working on a program and the AI system interpreted a bomb explosion as beautiful. And she realized that it just did not understand the human morality of the image and and how important it is that humans stay in the loop and make sure that those oversights don't have consequences. Uh, She and others also talked about the fact that that this work is not a nine to five job and it's a, a new element of a job description that needs to be added to most jobs. You know, it's it, it, this is work that is not easy. You're talking about how to answer, you know, questions of, of how we handle other humans, how we show respect and dignity that we've dealt with for centuries. So it's interesting how many of our speakers also talked about how this was work they'd been doing for so many years in different ways and that humanity has been grappling with in different ways. The other conversations that struck me are with Krishnan talking about, you know, people think that they don't have to act yet because we don't have regulations in place. We don't have laws. And he talks about the citizen auditors, you know, you cannot rest on your laurels thinking that that lawmakers are going to take their time. First of all, we know they're not. We know that they're doing this work, but citizens are also able to start detecting bias. And one of our really impactful speakers, Ziad Obermeyer, where his study uh, was not even intending to detect bias in AI, but in looking at the United healthcare optum systems understood that they were inadvertently using AI systems that led to racist and classist outcomes. So um, again, these citizen auditors, these academics, whether or not that is their intent, will start to detect these harms and biases. I could go on and on. Renee Cummings, I think every sentence she said resonated with me. I think it was so impactful to hear her criminologist, criminal justice perspective, particularly as it applies in the broader context and and the lessons we can learn across industry, academia, and so forth from her orientation in the criminal justice space. And really the point she made so well that I think, again, was something that came across in every conversation we had is that responsible AI is about building trust. It is the way to build trust with your consumer. And if you are not doing this, you're not only missing an opportunity, you're potentially building a program that will breach that trust, but there's also opportunity. Like we're talking about the competitive advantage. If you are doing this work, you are building a trust with your consumer and within your employee base that will reap tremendous rewards, whether it's in employee retention and satisfaction or in in your industry uh, advantage. 
How about you? Yeah, no, certainly. Uh, and, and I think something that Rene actually said, AI requires all of us. It's very much pertinent to, to everything that you have just talked about. I think for me, I'd like to think about what Dom Bayer said when he said, you know, what if we trained a whole generation of people how to use data meaningfully? I do think that with the coming of some of these language models, we have to be not just learning how to use data meaningfully, but also really understanding how we think about our interaction with machines that can, for example, create performance reviews for your staff really quickly. And you don't have that boring task anymore. Or if you're a student, you know, how do you interact with a machine that will give you the answer to your question nicely written up for you to hand in? So I think that those are some of the challenges that we do have to face in 2023. And it really brings to the fore what we've all been talking about for a long time, which is, you know, what is the human condition? And how do we need to have these conversations about using artificial intelligence and hopefully using it responsibly? And I suppose that brings me to what Keith Sonderling said back in the summer, you know, we're at a crucial point where we can work together with the regulatory community and, and we don't want to miss that crucial point in 2023 because that window might well be closing as we have to really think deeply about the issues that, this, that these new technologies bring. I suppose one other thing for me is um, Margaret saying inclusion is a fundamental issue. And I guess that brings me back to just looking at the people that we talked to you know, the diversity of those people, not only in terms of gender, but also in race and geographical location. And also, you know, some of them from business and some of them from the government sector and others, you know, from non-AI specific work, but seeing, as you said, how AI comes through in their, in their, in their research as well. So I one of the things I'm looking forward to in 2023 is really sort of having that continuing to have that great diversity of thought and perhaps more from the global south as we worry about the fact that in the global north we are so far advanced and getting further advanced all the time. Yes, how can we make sure that our AI is better and doing the right thing by being inclusive, by promoting diversity and not inhibiting it. I think many, if not all of our speakers made that point so well. I'm reminded of two of our most recent conversations while you were traveling that um, Kathy stood in for with Joaquin and with Suresh when we were talking about there's no way to create AI effectively uh, without ensuring that it is built by and for a diverse population and thinking about how the government can support that. You know, obviously in Suresh's conversation, in his experience creating 
the AI Bill of Rights blueprint, uh, as well as Deputy Secretary Graves. I think it was very impactful to hear his statement. We are AI ready. The U.S. is ready. We are doing this work. We are preparing ourselves and we are here to play in this arena. And we will continue to lead when it comes to AI and all the surrounding technologies and questions and laws that need to be surrounding its development to ensure that it is safe and impactful and inclusive. I think, you know, you mentioned Don Beyer. I loved his focus on the next generation, but I also love his demonstration of being a lifelong learner. The fact that it was reported in the Washington Post today, we talked about it on our podcast, that he's going back and studying computer science in his 70s. You know, he's making sure that he understands the language of the future. It's hard to imagine um, that he has any time available. And it's hard for me to say, I don't have time to do something if he's finding time to study computer science in addition to all of his work in Congress. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose, you know, I mean, there, there are some unique things coming out that of the things that we've been talking about in 2023. And I guess, you know, if we're thinking about helping people to understand more about artificial intelligence and how it impacts them. The fact that Finland has a course that's available for all citizens and us, you know, maybe that's that's the thing that's the thing that we should be having as our New Year's resolution, Miriam, that we both do the course. I like that, Kay. I like that. Let's make that resolution and let's do that together. And I also am grateful that you and I wrote an article. Thank you for taking the time to do that with me so that we could really come together and, and think about some of what the themes were we've been hearing about both on our podcast discussions and in the badge program. And I think that they're basic good practices that will help companies ensure trust, build positive culture. And in, as an integral part of that, making sure their AI use is, is helpful. Uh, so, you know, as a reference, people can go back and see some of the best practices we identified there based on our many, many conversations. And I think that it will help people as they are starting to grapple with, as you say, these exciting developments. You know, Dolly has created so many beautiful, interesting images. It's creating a lot of questions. Ownership. Who owns what is created and, and what will that mean for current understandings of what creation is? You know, as, as you mentioned, Marco talked about many of these innovations last January, preparing us and preparing everybody that, you know, these innovations are so helpful. He talked about how, you know, Gmail finishes our sentence. Well, who is then the author of that email? And when you put that into larger context, we know that, Every school had to deal with GPT chat and its innovations over the finals in December. Uh, I saw, you know, with the schools I'm affiliated with, and I'm sure everybody saw with, with the emails coming through from the different schools grappling with how academia, whether it's at the undergrad level, whether it's in high school, how they're going to contend with the fact that AI has come light years ahead of where it was just a year ago in facilitating conversations, understanding and synthesizing work in a way that we expect our students to do it without the aid of technology. So I am grateful that for the fact that, that so many of the lawmakers we spoke with and others 
are preparing for this, um, it, that Finland is getting us AI ready, as well as um, the WEF resources that you've posted and that are available. You know, I, I was grateful also to publish with Bob Eccles earlier in the year, looking at how board members need to be thinking about AI governance and how it fits into ESG work, how if you're not thinking about your AI use, you're missing the carbon footprint that you're creating. You're missing an opportunity on the S front to create good societal governance, and you're probably having bad societal impact by, by not following these measures, and that it has to be part of good governance. Yeah, absolutely, which is why one of our sessions at Davos will be on responsible investment in responsible AI. So really sort of getting investors and VCs to think through, well, why would I invest in a company that hasn't demonstrated responsible AI? And that responsible AI for us is everything about ESG, including the sustainability of of our own carbon footprint. Well, we will look forward to hearing about that conversation. And as we close out this one, would love to hear your thoughts about what you're expecting us to hear more about on these podcast discussions and otherwise with respect to AI in the coming year. And some closing thoughts on uh, what conversations you will bring with you in addition to those we've talked about, what important points or inspiration or concerns <laughs> will be guiding you in the important work you're doing coming up and throughout the year? Well, I think one of the things that I take with me each year, but Jen and I put it really nicely, is, you know, we don't believe that this is just a technical issue to be addressed. It's also a cultural and organizational one. So really, you know, this this is, as you talked about, it's an ESG issue. It's now a sustainability issue. It's also cultural within the company. And it needs everybody to get on board. And you spoke earlier about the board and the C-suite. One of the events I'm speaking at in Davos is about how to bring responsible AI to the notice of the CEO because it has to start at the CEO, but it also has to involve everybody in the organization. So I think those, those are the sort of things that I'll be taking forward. I'll obviously be continuing to think about the big geopolitical issues. So, you know, you were talking about chat GPT and about Dali, but one of the one of the things that is is so worrying is that if Dali is searching the web for pictures that it can use, if there are not pictures from certain cultures around the world for it to use, then those cultures simply get completely missed as it creates new images, which then it goes back to to create more images. And we really need to be addressing some of these big geopolitical issues as well. You're so right. And I'm so glad you're working on this and, and helping to bring light because uh, this is a pivotal time. The AI systems will be implemented. We heard throughout our conversations that the challenges in our AI not being programmed with enough variety in faces, without enough variety in speech, and how much of our AI is based on 
English development, which is then translated. And so, you know, that's obviously not sustainable and it doesn't create good AI and it, it is not uh, going to work going forward, given that AI has no borders. I think that Meghna from Verizon said it so well in her wish that she hopes that we can create AI that takes care of our lives, that takes care of us, that supports humanity. There has to be that common focus on how are we impacting humanity? For whom could this fail? Who could benefit most from this AI that we haven't thought of? And I think a lot of this is also gonna come down to something we've talked about. You know, Darren Jones mentioned it, Joaquin mentioned it, the importance of storytelling. Um, this is not necessarily an element of most of our job descriptions as we thought of it. But as we're taking AI to new audiences, I think we can be more impactful if we think about the story that we're telling um, and the fact that it is such a translational technology. It does impact all of us. Um, and whether we're talking about the specific AI that is in use in our daily life or, you know, as Suresh translated it into other innovations and regulations that we're very used to. So, you know, some people bristle when we're talking about regulations, but if you think about the fact that this word regulation, this term and this concept, this development is actually what brought us seatbelts. Um, it's what brought us speed laws. It's what brought us lanes so we know how to drive safely and together as a society. It's what's kept poisons and other dangerous chemicals out of our food. And so thinking about the broader audience, both in how we're developing our AI, but also how we're describing it, I think will become a really important theme in this year as AI touches us all so much more and so much more deeply. Yeah, such important issues to grapple with. And I'm looking forward to doing that with you and our, our guests in 2023. I'm really excited about our upcoming conversations and the fact that I get to do it with you. And I know we will all be looking forward to hearing about your stories from Davos. Ah, more to come. Subscribe to or download our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. We always welcome your feedback. And if you like the podcast, please rate us or give us a review. To learn more or get involved, visit us at www.equalai.org and www.weforum.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want more unique content, please head over to Radio Davos from the World Economic Forum. And a special thanks to NP Agency, without whom this podcast would not be possible.